Welcome, dear listeners, to the eerie intersection of whimsy and terror, where the fantastical and the macabre dance an unsettling waltz. You are now entering Whispers in Wonderland, Tales of the Necronomicon, the haunting anthology podcast that weaves together the timeless tale of Alice in Wonderland with the eldritch horrors of the Cthulhu Mythos. This is not a reimagining of Lewis Carroll's classic. It is a journey into the abyss where the terrors imagined in the twisted mind of H.P. Lovecraft lurk in the shadows. Ancient cosmic entities cast their ominous shadows over Wonderland, and the line between reality and insanity begins to fray. So gather around and let us transport you to a realm where fantasy and horror collide in an unholy alliance. The rabbit hole awaits, and once you descend, there's no telling if you'll ever find your way back. Welcome to Wonderland, where whispers hold secrets and every step may lead you deeper into the abyss. Alice took a deep breath, tightening her grip on the Vorpal Sword's handle. The early morning meadow glistened with dew as the first rays of sun crept over the distant hills. She planted her feet firmly in the damp grass and proudly held the sword aloft. Its shining blade angled toward the brightening sky. With a fierce cry, she launched into her practice strikes and parries. The sword sliced through the misty air, weaving an intricate dance. Alice's lithe body spun and lunged fluidly, demonstrating years of dedicated training. Her blonde hair billowed out behind her as she exerted herself fully, stealing her mind, body, and spirit for the duty ahead. Soon the exertion caused a light sheen of sweat on Alice's brow. Her breath came heavier, but her bright eyes remained alert and focused. With a final flourishing twirl of the Vorpal Sword, she halted, just one small part of the endless regimen that made her Wonderland's champion. Alice gazed fondly at the legendary weapon she bore, remembering the fateful day years ago when she had been knighted and given it and the armor she wore. At the mere age of 14, Alice rode into battle against the Red Queen's overwhelming forces. When all seemed lost, she managed through her purity of heart to wield the Vorpal Sword and turn the tide. Alice smiled wistfully at the memory. She had come so very far since then. The sun now crested the hills, bathing the meadow in warm light. In the distance, wisps of chimney smoke curled above the colorful rooftops of Wonderland's villages. Another peaceful dawn, Alice thought, but she knew even paradise needed protecting. Sheathing the Vorpal Sword at her hip, Alice strode through the whispering grass back to the White Castle. Today, Wonderland's citizens would gather for the quarterly honor ceremony, where her role as their champion and guardian would be reaffirmed. It was one of Alice's most crucial duties, upholding their spirits along with her safety. She took both seriously. Alice entered the castle, winding her way up staircases of polished marble and through arched hallways, decorated with ornate tapestries. Sunbeams poured through stained glass windows in calming hues of blue and green. Everything in the castle evoked tranquility, from the trickling fountains to the roses perfuming the air. This place was Alice's sanctuary away from the rigors of knighthood. In her private chamber, Alice's lady-in-waiting, Violet, had already laid out her ceremonial raiment across the four-poster bed. Violet was only a few years older than Alice, but treated knighthood with reverence. She dipped a graceful curtsy as Alice entered. 
Good morning, mistress, she said in her lifting voice. I trust your training went well. Yes, thank you, Violet, Alice replied with an easy smile. She stood patiently as Violet helped remove her simple tunic and breeches, dampened from exertion. Then came the intricate ceremonial garb reserved only for the most special occasions. Violet took care, laying each piece in place, from the lustrous silver breastplate engraved with Wonderland's crest to the flowing blue underdress with threads of pure gold in the skirt. Finally, she draped a midnight blue cloak around Alice's shoulders, clasped it at the throat with a brooch shaped like the vorpal sword. Alice peered at her reflection in the full-length silver mirror. The polished armor and rich fabrics lent her a nobility she did not always feel inside. While she cut an impressive figure, Alice thought herself quite ordinary without the raiment. She suppressed a wistful sigh, not wanting Violet to notice. You look radiant as always, Lady Alice, Violet proclaimed. She gave an approving nod before signaling it was time. The throne room where the honor ceremony took place was already packed by the time Alice arrived. Sunlight cascaded through the arched windows, illuminating the hall. A long, luxurious carpet of deepest crimson ran between the knights and nobles who stood along either side. They all turned and bowed deeply at Alice's entrance. At the far end upon the dais sat the white queen in her own splendid white and silver robes. With pale, wispy hair piled atop her head, and kind eyes that crinkled when she smiled. Alice had always sensed the queen's wisdom. As Alice proceeded toward the throne, she spied familiar faces in the crowd. The March Hare gave her an enthusiastic wink, while the Mad Hatter swept into a flamboyant bow, his wild red hair tumbling over his eyes. Even old Mr. Caterpillar peered down at her approvingly from a shattered alcove. Alice had to repress a giggle at her eccentric friends. Moments like these were what she fought for. The queen rose as Alice halted before the dais and dropped to one knee. A pair of attendants came forth, bearing the silver pillow upon which rested a freshly forged medallion. The symbol of Alice's station. This ceremony never failed to make Alice's heart swell with pride. The queen took the medallion delicately in both hands. Her melodious voice carried through the silent hall. I hereby renew the title of Protector of Wonderland upon Lady Alice, our champion, whose courage, wisdom, and purity of heart have preserved our realm. Applause erupted as the queen lowered the medallion over Alice's bowed head. She then bid Alice rise with sword in hand. Alice unsheathed the vorpal blade, holding it vertically before her face as she recited the oath of fealty. By my honor, my blood, and my spirit, I vow to defend Wonderland and its people from all threats until my last breath. My sword shall be drawn in the name of justice and virtue. This land was her entire world and its citizens a family bound by love rather than blood. As long as evil existed, she would never relent in keeping them safe. The ceremony concluded with a celebratory feast. A long table was brought forth laden with Wonderland's most delectable delicacies, berry tarts, chocolate torts, candied violets, and endless teapots trailing fragrant steam. Musicians struck up a lively song on odd instruments that blew bubbles in time with the notes. Alice sat at the head of the table between the beaming white queen and March Hare, who kept falling asleep face first into his teacup. 
She kept an eye on the Mad Hatter across from her in case he decided to balance a spoon on his nose again. Down the table, Tweedledee and Tweedledum were already bickering loudly over the last slice of pound cake. Guess this was Alice's world, strange and bewildering, yet beautiful in its own way. She observed it all with a soft smile, from the arguing twins to the snoozing March Hare, who now snored into a dish of whipped cream. Moments later, he awoke with a startled snort, his face dripping with white fluff. Alice had to cover her mouth to repress a very unknightly giggle. The spectacular meal concluded with a rousing toast to Alice. As the feasting died down, she quietly excused herself from the lingering celebrations. Dusk was falling outside the castle windows, and she yearned for a breath of fresh air after so much diversion. Etiquette dictated she remain until dismissed by the queen, but surely she would understand. Escaping the throne room, Alice navigated the castle's serpentine hallways with their glowing sconces sending shadows dancing over the walls. She waved through little-used servants' passages until finally stepping outside into the tranquil castle gardens. Night-blooming jasmines and moonflowers perfumed the air as Alice strode past tinkling fountains and arched trellises tangled with roses. Fireflies began to wink around the shadowed hedges. Their luminescence reminded Alice of the flickering candles she had left behind in the banquet hall, but this twilight peace was what her soul needed. The winding garden path brought Alice to a stone bench tucked amidst fragrant lavender bushes. She sank down gratefully, letting the day's tensions unknot themselves. Her gilded raiment chafed after so many hours of wear. Alice reached up and unclasped her heavy midnight cloak letting it puddle to the ground so she just wore the silver breastplate over her simple, sleeveless blue dress. Leaning back, Alice turned her gaze to the emerging stars as the velvet night crept over the sky. How distant they seemed. Whole worlds away, full of mysteries she would never comprehend. What was her role in all the vastness? Stargazing again, Alice. A lilting voice suddenly spoke. Alice nearly jumped from her seat at the interruption. There, perched nonchalantly atop the garden wall, sat the ever-grinning face of the Cheshire Cat. Only his glowing eyes and razor smile were visible in the shadows. Alice pressed a hand to her racing heart. You startled me, she admonished with a rueful laugh. The cat's grin broadened. But of course, it's my specialty. He leapt down and sauntered over to her bench with languid strides. My apologies, Lady Alice. I should know better than to disrupt your... Contemplations. Alice gave a soft chuckle. It's quite all right. I was just... She glanced back up at the emerging stars, pondering. About your place in the universe? The cat's voice took on a sly edge as he followed her gaze upwards. Some questions have no answers, you know. Clarity comes from within, not without. Alice looked back at him sharply. How did he know her innermost thoughts? After so many years, his uncanny perception no longer surprised her. We should head back, Lady Alice, the cat continued breezily. The others will surely be missing your lovely presence. Allow me to escort you. He offered his paw as if expecting her to take it. Very kind, but I can manage. She secured her cloak around her shoulders again. As she drew up her hood, a passing night breeze sent the cape rippling gently, lending her a wraith-like aura. 
The cat's glowing eyes followed her movements intently. One day, your curiosity will take you far from these lands, Alice. But do not be led astray. All roads lead back to home eventually. Alice furrowed her brow, unsure of his meaning. But the cat merely winked one luminous eye before vanishing entirely, leaving only his cryptic words lingering in the darkness. With a weary sigh, Alice turned towards the castle. However strange, Wonderland was her duty and destiny. She could imagine no life beyond its borders. The honor ceremony feast had concluded by the time Alice rejoined the revelry within the candlelit castle halls. Tired nobles and knights still mingled in social clusters, sipping wine and exchanging idle chatter. Alice searched the familiar faces, realizing with a pang how few true companions she numbered among them. Perhaps the cat was right, and she did not fully belong. Lost in thought, Alice didn't notice the Mad Hatter until he stood directly before her. Alice! He cried jovially, sweeping off his huge adorned hat with various pots and scones. So this is where you've been hiding. We've missed your lovely face. Despite herself, Alice smiled at her longtime friend. My apologies. I just needed some fresh air after uh, so much stimulation. The Hatter laughed heartily. Ah, I understand completely. We eccentrics can be quite exhausting in large doses. He leaned in with a conspiratorial whisper. I myself grew bored of all their monotonous pleasantries, so I devised a new game. From within his hat, he produced a large cream pie topped with strawberries. Alice's eyes went wide with alarm, but the Hatter surreptitiously aimed and threw it squarely into a nobleman's face nearby. The man let out an astonished cry wiping cream from his eyes as he demanded to know who had accosted him. Quickly, come along, the Hatter grabbed Alice's hand, pulling her down a sideway passage just as a nobleman turned and spotted them. They scampered away, stifling laughter. Really, was that necessary? Alice admonished. But she could not keep a smile from her face. Only the Mad Hatter could make her feel so untamed and free. At last, they ducked inside an empty balcony alcove, concealed by heavy velvet curtains. Alice and the Hatter collapsed against the cool marble walls, catching their breath. From the ballroom filtered sounds of the ongoing revelry and the nobleman's continued outrage over his cream pie assailant. Alice wiped tears of mirth from her eyes. We shouldn't toy with him so, she told the Hatter pointedly, but her voice held more amusement than conviction. With the champion of Wonderland at my side, they have no other choice but to submit to my tomfoolery, he quickly quipped. The Hatter shrugged. You looked like you needed cheering up. I only aim to remind you there's more to life than duty and destiny. His golden eyes softened with affection beneath their wildness. Alice nodded slowly. The Hatter saw far more than he let on beneath his madcap antics. Impulsively, she leaned forward and kissed his pale cheek in wordless gratitude. He really was her truest friend in this world, no matter how oddly he showed it. Color briefly rose to the Hatter's face, clashing with his wild orange hair but he quickly regained his composure, giving Alice a courtly bow. And on that note, I shall leave you be. With a knowing grin, he replaced his hat at a jaunty angle and slipped off down the hallway, humming an aimless tune. The curtains fell closed again, returning Alice to silence. She pressed her hands to her warm cheeks, marveling at her own forwardness. But she did not regret it. The Hatter deserved to know that she appreciated him beneath his nonsense. Weariness suddenly descended upon Alice. She longed for the solitude of her bedchamber, 
and a chance to reflect on everything that had transpired today. With quiet footsteps, she navigated up stairwells winding ever higher until she reached the secluded part of the castle where her private room awaited. Sitting at the vanity table, Alice carefully removed each piece of ceremonial raiment until she wore only a thin white night shift. She ran a pearl-handled brush through her long golden hair, smoothing out all tangles. The methodic motion lulled her mind towards stillness and rest. But as Alice set the brush down and glimpsed her reflection once more, a strange shudder passed through her. The mirror seemed to ripple before her eyes, and suddenly, she saw not her bedroom, but a ravaged wasteland swirling with ominous red clouds. Lightning skewered the sky as titanic, inhuman shapes stormed across the bleak landscape, and throughout echoed screams of anguish from a thousand throats. Alice leapt up with a gasp, knocking over her chair violently. Her heart thundered against her chest as she stared around in confusion. But no, she was still in her quiet bedchamber, alone. The mirror reflected only herself again, wide-eyed and trembling. What had she just witnessed? Alice touched a hand to her clammy forehead, wondering if exhaustion had caused her mind to invent such a terrible vision. She had always possessed an overactive imagination. With unsteady legs, Alice crawled beneath her embroidered satin covers. But sleep did not find her easily that night. Each time she closed her eyes, flashes of that nightmare land returned. The lurid images felt more like memories than dreams. At last she slipped into a fretful slumber, praying for better visions come the dawn.